takes his pen. Welcome to Prince Trap by Trap and Today we're going to be talking about Golden Lady from the album Innovisions, released on the 3rd of August 1973. On the track we have Stevie Wonder playing a number of instruments as he is wont to do, including in there the Fender, the drums, uh, the Moog bass and of course the Tonto, uh, which is the centre of his world at this point. Uh, we have Clarence Bell supplying some Hammond organ. Uh, we've got Ralph Hammond on our acoustic guitar, although I've got to be honest, I can barely hear it. Um, and then we have Larry Nasty Latimer, which I love that nickname, uh, on congas. Uh, the track is 4 minutes 40, and joining me to talk about today is Daniel Reifershay. Hello. I mean, I'm going to start with an anecdote, uh, which uh, I think is quite interesting, in that many years ago, uh, as the iPod was on the rise, and as iTunes was on the rise, RIP iTunes, mm-hmm. uh, 2000 whenever to this year, um, uh, there were a few think pieces on, you know, the like what it meant for, um, you know, artists, uh, something which I think even to this day kind of continues, like the idea of like, you know, what is the value of an album? Yeah, sure. Especially in the in the Spotify era now, there's a whole other uh, amount of like questions around that. Yeah. And this was kind of the start of that of like, you know, uh, what is the value of an album? Like, you know, does it make sense to think of albums even as things? Um, you know, is is an album an artifact? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is do you have to listen to all 10 tracks of an album or all 20 tracks of an album or, you know, in the case of one particular Prince album, all 36 <laughs> tracks of an album? Um, you know, is it? do you have to kind of follow the order that the artist demands? Because obviously, I mean, that's something that kind of had gone back to kind of CD shuffling anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, with, with iTunes, you now had this idea where you, if you wanted, you could just buy the one song that you like on an album. Um, and, you know, this is something obviously that over the course of the kind of the last decade has led to situations like Ed Sheeran having 10 songs in the top yeah. 10, um, in particular on like the Irish charts. And each one of those songs isn't really a single, you know, it's just because they're being purchased individually um, in large numbers, they end up to kind of create this impression that, it, you know, an album isn't an album. It's just a collection of songs. Exactly, yeah. um, and I'm sure. Sure, people are, are asking, where is this going? And um, because I saw, and I can't remember, I think it was, I think it was in a Guardian weekend supplement, but it might have been in The Independent. I can't recall which one it was. Um, but there was this kind of point counterpoint thing where somebody said, yes, you know, iTunes has completely changed the landscape. There's no point even thinking about albums anymore. And I think this is in like, you know, 2004 or five. So it's, you know, just as kind of iTunes was becoming bigger and just kind of around the era of just like the iPod. And well, I think at this point they were kind of talking about MP3 players more than iPods. Sure. But, um, and then the kind of the, the kind of the, the kind of counter to that was, oh, no, you should always listen to an album. Um, and one of the so- and the reason I'm saying this is because one of the songs that have been given in the example by the person who said forget about albums, um, you know, just buy the songs you like and forget the ones you don't, is he specifically mentioned Golden Lady, and this has stuck with me obviously, you know, fifteen, twenty years down the line, where I'm like, that's weird. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that's... why did he pick that specific choice? You know, like. Um, so I can't remember who the writer is or even the title of the article or what the whole point of it was, but it's always stuck with me that somebody specifically picked Golden Lady as like an album track that you wouldn't buy if you if you were going to buy Innovisions off iTunes. They were arguing you would just buy, you know, Living for the City, um, you know, He's Mr. Mm. Know-It-All, um, Don't You Worry About a Thing, you know. The singles. I think maybe like... 
Yeah, yeah, I'm even higher ground. Like maybe you'd pick those four tracks and you wouldn't bother buying the rest. Like pay 79 pence a track or mm-hmm. 99 cents in America for those four tracks. Save yourself the trouble of spending, you know, 6.99 or 7 pounds or whatever it was for the price of the album and just buy those tracks. And in particular, don't bother buying Golden Lady. Um now at the time I hadn't actually heard this album so I, I was like okay that's you know i guess maybe they've got a point maybe this is like a terrible song you know maybe it's a good example of like an album track mm-hmm. that you can possibly skip um and then when i actually bought this album i was like uh, in the back of my mind i was like oh this is golden lady this is the song that that guy wrote about and then i listened to it and i was like i don't know what he was talking about yeah. <laughs> like i i think he's wrong on like several levels there because uh on the first level i don't think that there's a track from inner visions that you can take away um also if you were to take one away it wouldn't be golden lady and also <laughs> like stevie wonder's albums from the 70s like those are clearly meant to be albums uh he could have uh, or they or whoever yeah. it was could have made a better point with like albums that are collections of songs basically that don't flow necessarily and there you can say okay yeah you know you can uh, let some of them go and also like the the influence of, of itunes there would basically be to turn everything into a single or a potential single right because yeah of course like in in the vinyl era there were people who only bought the singles and didn't bother with the albums but like 70s stevie wonder is just like it's album rock you know like it's it's there because it's for the album it's not for the single you know yeah that and that's and that's what i found to be extremely kind of odd because like as you know once i actually listened to this album and i I think before i listened to this album i maybe knew um higher ground from the you know cover version Mm -hmm. obviously i'll talk more about that you know in the next episode um, and, and, you know, I think I also maybe knew Don't You Worry About a Thing, but I probably didn't, I didn't really know the rest of the album. Uh, you know, I maybe mm-hmm. heard Living for the City, but not the full version, because obviously, like, the single version kind of cuts out the kind of storytelling sure. part of that song. So, yeah. you know, so, uh, so, so once I actually got to Golden Lady, I was like, I don't know how this guy thinks that this is inessential. Um, nor like kind of how, you know, if you people were buying stuff on iTunes, I don't know that people would pick to not have Golden Lady as part of like their their choice to you know buy tracks from individuals, so I just yeah, fa- no, I found it to crazy. be I found it to be a puzzling kind of argument. Like there's nine songs on this album and there's nine that need to be on this album. Like there's nothing on here that I would say is inessential. Like um, you know obviously once we get to songs in the key of life, then you've got you know probably some argument for which of those tracks you could probably you know do without. Yeah. Um, but you know, in that case, you're talking about 21 songs. You know, like that's a lot of that's a lot of songs, and I don't know that any artist has ever successfully managed to kind of put together that amount of, you know, uh, you know that amount of kind of music. So it's yeah. it, you know, with double albums, I think the case could be made. Yeah, you know, you can you can maybe not buy piggies. You know, um, you can you can <laughs> maybe not buy yeah. wild cherry pie. I mean, know, like or honey pie, should I say? You know, th- there's plenty. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty on that particular album that you wouldn't yeah. buy. I think. Yeah. But yeah, Songs and the Key of Life is a double album plus a bonus EP, you know, that uh, and that that was something that really struck me when I started listening to, to the 70s Stevie Wonder albums of like how short an album is, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like you, it, it, it's really when 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 you grow up with like the seventy minute CD format, seventies albums are just really really short. I mean, and also, I mean, you know, this entire album is forty four minutes. It can fit on one side of a ninety minute cassette. Yeah. That's the that's the great advantage that some of these albums have. You know, if you had like two ninety minute cassettes, you could basically get yourself four Stevie Wonder albums going on from the seventies. Um, you know, and, and I, I think you're right as well. You know, like, obviously, I think we, we're kind of used to not even just like the 70 minute CD, but in the 90s, the 80 minute CD. Like as soon as they yeah. they decided that they could find those extra like few minutes, people filled them up straight away. Um, you know, so, yeah, the idea of like an album being under an hour is, you know, to some people, I think is kind of novel. But yeah, I, I like I just don't think yeah. that Golden Lady is a song that you can kind of drop like it's it's and I, I think it's interesting because like, you know, uh, particularly with some of these albums, whenever I start listening to, you know, say Talking Book or Inner Visions, uh, you know, you just end up listening to the whole album just because it is that good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah. that feels like a digression, but and, and it's also uh, sorry no to, to interrupt, but it's also all of uh, one piece. You know, the songs flow into each other in a really specific yeah. way. Yeah, and I think that's something that's something that obviously you know I observed with the first couple of albums, which you know most people kind of. Well, some people don't count the first one as being part of the kind of classic era of Stevie Wonder, and some people don't count the second one. But, um, you know, Music On My Mind and Where I'm Coming From are less albums. They are kind of more collections of songs. The kind of programming is less specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with something like Inner Visions, it, it literally feels like Stevie Wonder is basically saying to you, look, here's the next song. This, is the, this song fits with this song. And, you know, after, you know, particularly we're coming off, you know, Living For The City, which you know, some might argue is probably one of his greatest songs. Um, it feels like Golden Lady is the perfect song to follow that up with, you know, like Living for the City is such a kind yep. of epic, kind of almost exhausting song. Like, um, you know, it's not a song that you listen to mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, you know, you feel uplifted. It's a song that kind of, you know, is, is almost a protest song. And <laughs> you kind of, you know, particularly when you get to the end of it, yeah. and, you know, Stevie's into his kind of growling voice and you can, te- you can tell there's an anger there. And then you kind of, you're kind of thrust into Golden Lady, which is, I mean, I'm going to say it straight away, uh, easily a five out of five. I mean, it's such a, like, just the instrumentation, like, the use of the Tonto, uh, you know, with the Fender, which is not something that Stevie does very often. You know, he'll Mm -hmm. use the Fender or he'll use the Tonto. This is one of the few times where he's kind of mixing them together. um, And just kind of the instrumentation of it is is kind of amazing, um, you know, in the... Yeah, I love I, I I love the percussion. I love the. I think I heard a flute in there as well. I I don't see it listed, but I think that I think that's flute. the tonto that's that's doing that because that was that was the whole point of it. Yeah, ah, but yeah, okay. so it's like kind of kind of getting that kind of woodwind sound in there as well is like I don't know. It's the kind of instrumentation of it is is kind of amazing, and then over the top of that you have like just a wonderful vocal performance as well. Like you know, it's it's kind of it's always mm-hmm. hard to kind of. Like, I feel sometimes I, I kind of skip over how great Stevie Wonder's voice is, and I never want to do that because the performance in this song is so kind of, like, perfect. Like, he kind of starts, you know, particularly... Mm-hmm. We have, I mean, I should say, we have this kind of this little kind of um, opening before the actual song starts as, like, a little kind of instrumental thing, um, very briefly. Yeah, piano thing. Yeah, and then and then we kind of get the, the kind of beat kicks in, we hear the kind of conga come in, mm-hmm. and then we, we have this kind of the first verse where he's saying, you know, looking in your eyes, uh, kind of heaven eyes. Okay, Stevie, don't write my eyes with eyes. That's a, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, closing both my eyes, waiting for surprise. Again, you know, this is obviously Stevie's songwriting is, is fair in terms of rhyming and stuff like that. It's fairly kind of simplistic. Um, and then when mm-hmm. we get to we get to this kind of the pre-chorus when it's like you know to to see the heaven in your eyes is not so far 
it's like okay like you know just the way that he's delivering the vocal performances like starting out kind of low-key at the beginning uh, which like i say after living for the city it's it kind of fits perfectly to kind of almost bring you down a little bit and be like you know obviously let's let's calm down some of the anger that we've just had kind of sustained for seven minutes yeah um and you know the kind of the gradual build through that pre-chorus you know where he's talking about you know i'm i'm afraid to 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 try and go it uh, to to the love and know the beauty never shown before. I'll leave it up to you to show it. So you know, uh, and then we get to the kind of you know the golden lady, golden lady. I'd like to go there, uh, which I, mm. I have to say does kind of make me think of uh, Liz Lemon in Thirty Rock saying, "I want to go there." <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's I mean that's obviously something Stevie Wonder could not control for is just the fact that it reminds me of Liz Lemon. But just I I mean the chorus <laughs> is probably my favorite part of the song. Just the way that he sings "Golden Lady." Mm-hmm. And then obviously, you know, uh, we do have another verse and a kind of a, a kind of another pre-chorus. There's a little bit of a solo, and then um, when we get to the outro, that's where we kind of get the, you know, we start in kind of one key, and then Stevie keeps moving, I think, by fifths, um, and kind mm-hmm. of gradually going up and getting louder and kind of, you know, more emphatic, and then we kind of go to the fade out. Um, but just the kind of the mm-hmm. golden lady, golden lady, I'd like to go there. It's, there's not like you know a huge amount of kind of chorus and that's pretty much just the only line that's in it um but i just love the way he sings those lines you know like the the kind mm. of plus the contrast of these kind of quieter you know verses into the kind of more strident chorus and just the way that he kind of you know once we get out of the kind of the first chorus we kind of go back into the you know the kind of the quieter looking at your hands hands can understand again with the nice simple mm. rhymes uh you know waiting for the chance just to hold your hand <laughs> Um, again, I feel like Stevie's <laughs> like ten years late on that. Somebody's already kind of written a song about sure, holding but hands. I, I, I've, I, I, I think the thing about like um, uh, about Stevie Wonder as a lyricist. I mean, he, he, he's frequently quite great, but there's also like songs, and I, I, I would include Golden Lady here. Like, if this was somebody who was a, a lesser singer, a lesser arranger, you know, somebody who wasn't as uh, much of a genius uh, at playing all of these different instruments, at getting this sound, and at making amazing melodies, you know, the lyrics would be quite corny. Like if yeah. you if you put this these lyrics somewhere else, they they, they would be quite cringy. But because it's Stevie, you really don't care because. Uh, also he radiates this sort of earnestness you know he radiates this sort of thing where you think like yeah this is a solid dude who is just you know telling it like it is in his heart right now and he's just in love so the, the, this is what comes out yeah uh, I, I was also going to say what you said about his uh, him as a vocalist that that's a really good point and um i think we forget about that for two reasons one that like soul and r&b vocalists of that era they're pretty much all great because like standards were so high. They were all coming from like gospel and so many of them from that era are all about the voice. Like when you think about Aretha Franklin, though she was also a talented pianist, but like when you think about Aretha Franklin, when you think about Sam Cooke, when you think about uh, Otis Redding, a lot of these people, you mostly think of the voice. Stevie Wonder has so many other talents <laughs> that it's easy to ignore the voice because he's such a great arranger, such a great songwriter. His albums just flow perfectly. But he is also a really great vocalist. Yeah, yeah and I th- as well, like a great drummer as well. Like there's a nice groove on this track as well. <laughs> it's like, who's playing those drums? 
it's yeah, the, Stevie. It's you know, and, and it kind of works. The, the groove, according to um, uh, the groove, according to Wikipedia, uh, is a montuno uh, rhythm, which is a Cuban rhythm. Yeah, and I don't really know about that. I don't really know about montuno, but I, I, I but it did strike me that Golden Lady sounds quite Latin. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of kind of uh, emphasis on like the offbeats. Um, and, and yeah, yeah it, I mean, I guess kind of sped up a little bit and with a bit more kind of like guitar in there, it would feel kind of more mm. Latin, but, um, as it is yet, yeah, it's just kind of the way that it's worked in, but yeah, I mean, the, the groove is gr- so great and it's like, you know, you, f- you kind of forget to just like, you kind of forget. Yeah. It's Stevie Wonder on the drums as well. Like, I mean, the, the congas by Larry yeah. Latimer are really good as well. Like, and, and I think particularly because they, you hear them really in the opening before the song gets going. Yeah. They kind of stick in your mind, but uh, just like the normal drums on this track are great as well. Um, and yeah, like you say, the, the lyrics are fairly simple. This is something, you know, that obviously, you know, I, I've kind of talked about with, uh, you know, a number of different songs that Stevie's done. Um, you know, when he had co-writers like Yvonne Wright or, you know, like Syreta or, you know, later on, mm-hmm. he, there's, a, there's a couple of people who he kind of co-writes with on some of his more kind of like social message kind of songs. The songwriting gets more complex or more lyrical or more poetic, depending mm-hmm. on who his co-writer is. Um, you know, when it's just Stevie by himself, he does seem to have this tendency, which is something, you know, you can forgive because this is a 23 year old guy who's playing the drums as well. And also doing, yeah. and also on top of everything, of course, is blind. And so, like, you know, he's already operating at such a high level. It's like, well, to kind of criticize the lyrics, you know, come in being sung by this perfect voice. It feels like a small niggle. Um, but yeah. yeah. That, and I also think bad lyrics are only bad lyrics if you notice them. Yeah. Like, yeah. When, when when people talk about bad lyrics, it's because it's songs where the lyrics are so upfront that you can't ignore them. With Golden Lady, if you don't feel like hearing the lyrics, you don't hear the lyrics. No, and you, I mean, you know, uh, the kind of the the kind of pre-chorus, the kind of second pre-chorus where he says, you know, a touch of rain and sunshine made the flower glow. You're like okay <laughs> you know into lovely <laughs> smile that's blooming you know and it's so clear that you're a yeah. dream come true you know like all of this i mean you know obviously this is the woman who will eventually give birth to his first child you know like a year later and obviously we'll hear from her on isn't she lovely you know so we can we can understand that this is stevie kind of newly in love um you know and that's something we haven't kind of heard for you know a little while you know uh obviously you know his his divorce has kind of left him on the previous album maybe a little bit kind of going between being in love and being divorced um so it's nice to kind of you can kind of tell that it's this is a new love this is not him kind of going back to the stuff that he sang with Sirita um you know and in the fact that he's say, he's referring to her as a lady which i feel is a progress because you know, up until this point, we've had a lot of girls coming from Stevie Wonder and um, him talking mm. about various girls that he's in love with. So it's nice here that he's 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 finally matured and he's now talking about a golden lady uh, rather than a, a golden girl, which, of course, would have a completely different meaning in the 80s. <laughs> um, you know, so I'm disappointed. Sa- that... sa- sadly, the golden girl's theme is not by Stevie Wonder. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, you know, if, if Stevie Wonder had just covered this and just changed the lyric to golden girl, golden girl, I, you know, that would have been a, a work of genius. But. Uh, unfortunately it's not to be um but yeah he re- he repeats that pre-chorus before we kind of go into this long outro which is just him singing like i said golden lady i'd like to go there over and over again mm-hmm. but gradually layering it on more and more and kind of changing keys 
and just basically kind of showing off a little bit, you know, like <laughs> kind of showing you what he can do. Um, and I, yeah. you know, I particularly love kind of that he is kind of double tracking his voice and you do also get harmonies thrown in there as well. And, you know, it's just it's just a really nice kind of like as the song, the song kind of builds, but then we also get this fade out. So it's kind of cutting itself off. But it's it's like, well, you know, that's that's what the 70s yeah. were about, you know, was was basically kind of fade outs. Uh, you know, once they discovered them, they kind of put them on everything. So, um, <laughs> but uh, also, it's just like him having so much fun in the studio, right, with all of those overdubs, and that's something that like people don't talk about enough. I've always thought of Stevie Wonder as like the seventies equivalent of the Beatles, both in being like oh, yeah. super accessible, universal, but also the thing of like that he is so interested in making great albums and so interested in holding up in the studio and trying to find out everything that the studio can do. Yeah, and I mean, obviously he's kind of, at this. I mean, I, you know, we're kind of one album away from him falling out of love with Tonto, but he's still very much kind of all, mm-hmm. you know, the Tonto is all over everything on this album. Um, you know, not quite as much as on the previous album, and certainly not as much as on the on the next album. Um, but you know, like between between this "Living for the City" and uh, "He's Mr. Know It All," he really kind of gets full use of the tonto. But yeah, you know, Stevie Wonder has perfect pitch, and I feel he has perfect rhythm as well. So it's nothing for him to kind of go back and just mm-hmm. overdub an extra track <laughs> and overdub. And I, I, you like you say, yeah. The, I mean, the Beatles were kind of a big influence on his kind of production anyway. You know, like kind of from the early seventies. Um, and obviously the kind of, you know, the fact that the Beatles were able to kind of abandon touring and just live in the studio for like four years, I think is obviously something that sure. Stevie Wonder kind of, you know, himself started to do a little bit in the 70s, you know, like uh, that was apparently one of the reasons why he ended up being divorced from his wife uh, was because she criticized him for spending too much time in the studio. Um, but, you know, if you're Stevie Wonder and you're hearing that voice, then I guess you can hear, you know, you can hear the kind of the fifths and the thirds that are going to go over the top. So you just go back and you sing it one more time and you just keep layering those harmonies mm. until, you know, you, you kind of reach the climax of this song. Um, and also, you know, if you have this on vinyl, this is the climax of the first side as well. Um, and I think it's, a, you know, it's a nice way in term you know, obviously we have talked about, you know, the record as a concept. I think this is a nice way to finish the first side as well. You know, like I think we could have finished with Living for the City. But that feels like that feels like that would have been a bit of an angry way to finish the side. Mm. I feel it's nice that Stevie's like, look, you know, obviously I've riled you up a little bit. We're living for the city. You know, I had some points to make, but, you know, let's let's go out on something kind of just it's a bit more pure and a bit more just about me falling in love. Um, you know. Yeah, that, that that reminds me of like a conversation I had with a friend once where we were talking about how like, you know, in the CD era, uh, uh, many times albums were meant to be listened from beginning to end and with vinyls actually you would think that the artist would also be taking into account okay when do you flip the record yeah and that led us to think like would the the actual like best evocation of what the artist actually intended be to like any album you know like a, 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 any cd reissue of an album you would get two cds <laughs> so that you would have to like change the cd to get the second side on yeah I, well i mean I, I i in particular with this the kind of programming that stevie wonder did you know with the previous album with this album certainly with the next album um, and i would also argue quite a lot with um songs in the key of life as well each of the mm-hmm. four sides for that album are very carefully put together um I feel like he is thinking about the fact that you're going to have to turn the album over. So he, you know, he does have a tendency at the end of side side A to kind of fade a song out a bit just to give you the time to be to get up and, you know, walk over to the record player and turn it mm. over. Um, so it yeah. kind of feels like that's something that's kind of being deliberately done here. 
Um, you know, and obviously higher ground is a great start to the second side. So, you know, it's just, I mean, it's one of the things that I think Stevie, you know, not only did he get better as a vocalist, which, you know, seems hard because he was starting from a great place anyway. Not only did he kind of get better as a drummer um, and also as an arranger, you know, something which, you know, Songs in the Key of Life really kind of showed what he could do. Um, you know, he also got better at kind of putting an album together. And that's something that I mm. think the first, you know, music in my mind, where I'm coming from, you could kind of argue they're, they're less coherent in terms of how the album works. Um, but Talking Book, Inner Visions, Fulfilling This First Finale, there's no way you can argue with the order of those albums. Like every every track is, Absolutely. is, is in the right place. So um, like I said, five out of five from me. Um, you know, I love this song. Uh, I don't think it's inessential. That's the, <laughs> and that's the one thing that's kind of always <laughs> stuck with me. These this kind of more than a decade since I read that article is like, I don't know. I don't know what golden lady they were listening to. I, I, I like that. It's still an obsession. You don't know the person's name anymore. You know, like the person will never know that you're still thinking that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I can even remember what the article was and track down the author, I could find out if they're on Twitter and I could tweet at them, Golden Lady is not inessential. And that would they wouldn't even know why or how yeah. or, you know. Um, so, yeah. Um, your thoughts out of five, Daniel? Yeah, I think it's a five out of five. Yeah. Everything I on mean, that album you know, is a five out of five, I would say. Uh, well, there's a few that I've given six to, so, you know. Um, oh, some you people, can, get, some oh, you can do six out of five? Yeah, I mean, you can if you want, but, uh, you know. I don't know. I don't know if you want to give that away on Golden Lady, or if you want to save it for later. <laughs> I mean, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I would say Living for the City. I I can't remember if I gave it a six or a seven out of five, but you know, I love that track. It's, I mean, that you know, that is a Stone Cold classic yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, uh, I think we should now go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Daniel? Yeah, sure. Uh, I've got two quick things. Uh, I have a soundtrack uh, show on a radio station called Radio Quantica called You Know The Score. Uh, find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Know The Score S-H-O. Uh, and I also contribute to the Talking Pictures TV uh, podcast. And you can find us for this project on Twitter at Stevie Wilde. Thanks for being my guest here today, Thank you. And otherwise, goodbye. Cheers.